Moses. Here I am. Remove your sandals. For the place where you stand is holy ground. with words. Who am I to go before the Pharaoh? I will be with you. If I go to the Israelites and say that God has sent me, they won't believe me. They'll ask, what is his name? Heartwarming welcome to the Kindling Podcast, presented to you by Celestial Zeitgeist Ministries. Here, we have uplifting conversations about the Word of God and the Christian faith. Together, let's begin the spiritual journey of bringing hearts to Christ, encouraging one another, and strengthening believers. Um, this this topic that we're about to discuss, I um, I mulled it over right for a while because I wasn't sure where to begin because it is a, it is sort of a big topic, and depending on on how far we get or if I if I think that maybe we've hit some of like if, if we've hit some of the um, pertinent points. Uh, then we might, I'm thinking if we don't, sorry, that we might do a part two. If not, then um, if I feel like it's, if I feel that it's adequate, then I think uh, it, it'd be good to go. But, and the reason is because it's such a, it's such a big topic. There are many, there are many things to discuss. Um, and well, first and foremost, the, the topic is God and man. I, I knew where I wanted us to go with it, but where to start from was a bit challenging. Then so I was thinking about it, I thought Marcion, <laughs> because and that's a name we've, we've made reference to once or twice, I think in a few of our conversations. Um, Marcion of, uh, of uh, Sinope, or Sinope, was a, he was an early Christian, uh, theologian, evangelist, uh, who preached, preached and taught that the Bible, uh, especially the, the, the Old Testament, uh, that the God that was operating in the Old Testament is different from the God that we find in the New Testament. He uh, ascribed the Old Testament God as being you know, evil, uh, malevolent, and, and, and definitely not the same God Jesus Christ uh, was teaching. And Marcion's view you know, is, is no doubt a result of, of, of being unable to reconcile God's actions and declarations of himself in the Old Testament with the revelation of himself in the New Testament. So I thought, this is probably a good place to, to start the conversation. So then I guess the question would first be, why do you think um, there exists difficulty, right, for some, whether internally, you know, within the church's domain, or and externally outside of the church, outside of Christianity, to reconcile God as being both the author of the old Testament and the New Testament. Why is it, you know, I mean, Marcion is recorded to have lived, you know, very early on, like 85, between 85 AD and 160 AD. So uh, he wasn't even that far away from Paul the Apostle and some of the other uh, apostles as well. So even that early in the church's history, we already see uh, struggle within the church's sphere you know, how to reconcile the understanding of who God is. You know, so I guess it's a good place to start. Why do you think that difficulty 
existed then and also still exists now? Yeah, it's a question I've actually pondered often. Um, and I think the way I, I, I myself can best reconcile with it is, and it's why I always say that, you know, for me, one of the standout uh, attributes of Christianity um, is its central claim that it, it, that it is not man reaching out to God, but God reaching out to man. I think that's what separates Christianity from, from other religions. Um, and I think that that's important to understand, to highlight, because man is inevitably, as, as the, you know, a, a flawed being, an imperfect being, man is inevitably bound to get it wrong if he's to mm. talk, you know, if, he's, if, if it's the other way around, if it's man trying to understand God and trying to, um, you know, figure God out. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, um, theology and, you know, and, and things like that are, are false, but it's, it's like any endeavor, right? In the sciences and mathematics, there's going to be a lot of trial and error at any mm -hmm. point in time. Right. And so the, the, the way I think, so I think that's the cause for the struggle, right? Is as people begin to, and we talked about this, I think, in the la uh, last time in one of the, our prior discussions, uh, conversations, were, you know, about reasoning out the faith. You know, and I said, thankfully, right. you know, uh, salvation is not predicated on reasoning out the faith. But of course, you know, when you're reasoning out the faith, you can, you know, um, go left when you should go right, right? In your, in your uh, you know, looking to understand or, you know, extrapolate. And so we should always uh, try to, to guide ourselves back to, to you know, to, or, or to look at it from this lens. What has God revealed about himself in this area, in this topic that we're dealing with? What is the revelation that God has given about himself in, you know, uh, on this topic? If the revelation is very little, we should say it's very little. We don't have much. And, and you know, that, that's simply the answer. Because, of course, we have to understand one thing. And I think part of the reason I, that also I think we, we, we run into this, where people, um, even, you know, even to say some people, you know, reconcile... Um, or think that you know maybe the old God, the, the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament are different, and uh, you know, or and things like that, um, is you know, is because we 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 think that we can uh, we can figure out God, but man, you know, if God is you know if God has all the attributes that we ascribe to Him, uh, Creator of the universe, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, and all that then we should, we should understand that when God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? As high as, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways your ways and, your, and my thoughts your thoughts, is that um, there will always be an incompleteness um, when it comes to us understanding the nature of God because God is a, is a higher order being than we are, right? If, you know, if I said to you, um, can you describe to me what a fourth dimensional creature or object looks like, you would struggle. But what about fifth dimension or a sixth dimensional creature? You couldn't even begin to fathom what, those, what that could be because it's of a higher order than man living in a three-dimensional you know, world, right? All that we can conceive of is within the constructs that we know. And this is why all ancient, and we come back to this point of um, Christianity being singular in the sense that it is God giving a revelation of himself to man. If you notice, and we've talked about this, when you, when you look at you know, the gods and the, 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 the mythology, the narratives of all the other ancient religions, interestingly, the gods do always seem to resemble man, right? In their thoughts, in their actions, uh, in their dispositions, their predilections, the gods always do seem to resemble man. Uh, so yeah, you know, when we talk about Christianity, it is not like those other religions. It is, you know, the, the you know, again, right, in, in those other religions, in those other, you know, myths of all the different cultures that, you know, the gods always seem to be merely extensions of man. We saw ourselves in gods, right? 
our, 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 our thinking, our habits, our dispositions, um, you know, how we go about doing things, and we, we, say, we ascribe those to the gods, right? Like, you know, like we talked about, for example, in, in Greek mythology being a great example, right? You know, Greek, uh, uh, Zeus was a philanderer, right? Um, you know, Hera had a, you know, uh, had a temper, um, you know, things like that, right? Uh, Hades was always jealous because of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you see this in all the other, you know, narratives from all kinds of other, uh, from all, 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 you know, what we now call myths and belief systems and things like that. But in Christianity, this is why I say again, Christianity is singular, is that we, God, we do not understand, we, we have to accept that when God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. That means there will always be this truth that we, we cannot fully wrap our minds around God, and we should not expect to, right? It is, we are, we as human beings living in a three-dimensional uh, reality, right? A subset of, of, of space, time, and everything that the universe is, right? We cannot think we can, we can understand the, the larger, you know, picture. Of course, there's, you know, much of the universe is, uh, you know, intelligible and understandable to us, but there's things above us, you know, again, like I was saying, if I said, oh, describe a, a fourth dimensional being or object, fifth dimensional, sixth dimensional being, you couldn't even begin to conceive what that looks like. All you know is three dimensional. And so that's all you can, and so the, even the gods that we defined in the old days were that, they were us. And so Christianity is the only, is the only religion that says no. It flips it and, and it's God revealing himself and his nature to us. And it is, it is limited. We don't have much of the information that we would like to. And so you know, um, to kind of come back to, you know, Marcion and others who kind of, you know, when they're reasoning about the nature of God, I think the, they fall away because um, I think, you know, you, you can go down that rabbit hole of you beginning to say, well, but God must be like this because this is what, this is how, what you know, you know, this is the, and you, but you live within this construct of reality. God right. doesn't. Right. And yeah, you hit a you hit a few a few I think great points that I think we should even unpack even more because one of the things I, I think that supports what you're saying as far as even man creating gods in his own image is 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 also it's it's the fact that even with cultures that live so far from each other let's take um let's take you know scandinavia the scandinavians for instance like let's say like the viking viking countries and we look at you know we look at yoruba culture and other african cultures and let's say you can see similarities of you know between thor let's say thor the god yep. of lightning and 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 shongo right yeah they right. all had the god of thunder god of right. thunder right? god of iron right of iron right right even to the point that it, it, Thor had a hammer, Shango had a hammer of sorts, yep. an axe mm -hmm. of sorts. A faceless, right? Right, a yeah, face, exactly. exactly. Like all these elemental powers. And it, if there is one thing, at least I believe it proves, is that even as separated as we are, the best that we can do is basically that. Ascribing gods, you know, that have the same penchant for um, anger and, and, you know, ruthlessness. And vice. Know, right. And they're only powerful because they have elemental powers. Right. right. So and that's even from civilizations that don't commune that they don't commune communicate with each other. So there's there's something that I think to the best of our knowledge that we are able to do until, like you said, God decides to reveal himself, which takes us out. Right. It takes us out of our own um our own limited ability to 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 design a god exactly, or create a god. a god it takes yep. us to a place we've never been uh, exactly. a place you know a, a, a dimension that we cannot fully comprehend and i yep. taking it back to scripture because we're still going to talk about the marcion thing but taking it back to scripture it seems that even when scripture is talking or revealing god to us 
scripture is not trying to make us fully, it wants us to understand the nature of God as God has decided to reveal himself. Exactly. Right? Even the picture isn't fully clear in many exactly. of the revelations. Right, right. Because it's very hard to fully conceptualize who God is. And that's for a reason. And that's, you said something which I, I totally agree with. It's something we need to wrap our heads around and accept, right? Because I think the moment we, man, is able to conceptualize God and has a, a, a thorough and believes he has a thorough understanding of God, oh, this is God. Like he believes he's able to define him fully. He understands the ins and outs of who God is. I don't think that picture, I think that picture from that day on ceases to be God. Of course. Because even once even, you have mastery over something, you understand how it works, exactly. right? Then it's no longer a mystery. It's not a it's not something that is of a higher order than you. You Precisely. have dominion over it because you understand it completely. Precisely. Precisely. So the mysterious aspect of who God is is is, is cannot be separated from the nature of God, right? Um, and I like the I like the the example you made with 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 you know as three D three dimensional creatures struggling to even understand a dimension that's higher than ours right um so i think i think that's very precise now going back to to marcion now i guess the problem would now be that looking at scripture and the way god has revealed himself marcion has a problem with that and maybe i should give a biblical example so marcion would have an would have a problem with um, the book of Job, for instance, because to him, not and and in reading about Marcion, Marcion wasn't um, he is. It's not that he didn't believe the God of the Old Testament um, existed. His problem was that God is not the same God as the God Jesus Christ, as the Father to, of Christ, right, revealed or, to or us. Christ revealed to us. He, right. From his own understanding, they cannot be the same. So yep. he would have a problem with the book of Job, which the Marcionite Bible does not even have any Old Testament in it. He basically, and he scraps, you know, the rest of the Gospels and just keeps a portion of Luke and 10, I think, of Paul's letters, right? Because the rest, to him, it's just not, it, it's not, they're not, um, pro, they're, they're not, um, they, don't, they don't present the God that Jesus Christ um, basically uh, uh, reveals to us. So when we look at the book of Exodus chapter 34, for instance, where God, and I always find, I always found that chapter um, interesting because God comes to Moses, he, he, he proclaims himself. And that's one thing you also see when you're reading scripture is that God tends to declare himself, right? Exactly. He will proclaim himself, which yep. again falls into what we're saying that he's the one that reveals himself. Exactly. Right? And which is precisely what he does in Exodus 34, when he says, you know, he says, you know, I, I am merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And when you read that, Moses didn't even ask God to do exactly. that. Exactly, <laughs> he, he wasn't. God proclaimed Himself. Exactly, and you know, there's many instances like that of in that, Scripture, right? and that's what that's what I mean by if you just isolated all those instances of Scripture, of of the, and Exodus 34 is the perfect example. Then I think you could, if you looked at those instances, you you uh, you you aggregated them in Scripture, then you could now evaluate Marcion's claim. Right. That is the God of the Old Testament different from the God of the New. For mm -hmm. me, when I, when I look at all the, these instances uh, in, in scriptures like Exodus 34, the answer is pretty obvious to me that it is the, it is the exact same God, right? right. You know, what, what you just read here in Exodus 34, the same, you know, if you want to say four uh, attributes of God right. that are revealed all throughout the thread of scripture, mm -hmm. right? That God is merciful, grace, mm -hmm. right? Mercy, mm -hmm. uh, faithfulness, and righteousness. Yep. This is the thread woven throughout all scripture, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep going. Yeah, so, and I'm glad you said that because I, I, that's what I was going to say, is that you actually see consistency in that, God proclaiming himself. And I yep. think it's precisely for that reason. Because if he does not do that, it leaves room for man to try to, or man's, um, for man to attempt to define who God is. 
Exactly. Right? So he has to always do that for himself because one of the attributes also of man, I know we haven't started talking about man specifically because it, uh, although this, this subject is, that we're treating or this topic is, is, is titled God and Man, but I, I had a, a sneaking suspicion that we, will, we, we would probably spend a lot of time on God because there's a lot to unravel, a lot to unpack, even based on what, you know, on what the Bible reveals about God is that man's tendency to forget is why God tends to repeat things, right? Yep. You usually see repetition, especially where he is concerned, because man's tendency to forget, number one, and because of his forgetfulness, and not just that alone, but also of his, the orientation of his heart to quickly want to replace God with something else, is why God tends to proclaim and declare himself as often as he does. That's, that's, that's what I see in, the, in that consistency of God, right? And so Marcion would have, a, would have a problem with God declaring himself in another way also in that Exodus chapter 34. If one reads further, there's a part where God says, the Lord God whose name is Jealous. Now, this is where I think it gets interesting. Mm. Because the moment we arrive at, oh, and we read something like that, his name is Jealous. Merciful and gracious. That might not be something a person might, might struggle too much. Right. There's a good virtue. Those right? are good, things that we, right. we, we praise. Oh, that, that's, I, I want a God that's merciful and gracious. Right. That sounds pretty good to me. Exactly. I mean, even in Islam, they say it all the time. Allah is merciful. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's always said in Jewish tradition as well. Yep. You know, but you get to a, a, a verse like that and it says, I am a jealous God. Or even says, the Lord whose name, name. is jealous. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that touches a nerve somehow. And I guess that's where I want us to zero in on. When, when a person hears that, what does that elicit in us? Like, what does that elicit in us that causes us to have a certain, perhaps, averse reaction to it? Sure. Like, yeah, so maybe we can, we can untangle that or, 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 you know, untangle that web and have a discussion about that. What do you think? Right. I, I mean, I think, you know, number one, it's because of the, the connotation that the word jealous or jealousy has. It's yeah. like, ooh, that, you know, God, wow, you know, why, why would God be jealous? That seems like such a, it seems like such a um, weak or unempowering exactly. attribute, right? right? And, you know, of course, and again, notice how it feeds into the God we are trying to define. Mm -hmm. Because in our mind, you know, God should be Superman, no weaknesses. Right. And when we hear something like jealous, like, well, but that's a weakness. But, but can a God have a weakness? And then we begin this battle in our mind. But what if we, but again, right, and this is, this is the, the point we're stressing is that, or, you know, that God, the definition is not up to us, right? Mm. Who God is, is not meant to match up with however we in our minds conceive of what a God should be. I love that, what, yeah. what the attributes of a God should be. This is God just telling us, I am a jealous God. Right. And now, of course, does jealousy mean to, to God the same thing that, you know, what it means to man? For us. Mm -hmm. Right? If, you know, and again, the full, and this is part of that, this, this area where, you know, there's no revelation specifically, uh, where, where, you know, an in-depth description or, or discussion of what God means when he says, I'm a jealous God. But let us, let us um, explain. Uh, I, let us, in this case, let us, let us uh, use scripture to understand scripture. Right? Right? God, his name is jealous. If we, if we take that statement and we look at, furthermore, what God reveals about himself through, let's say, the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. the number one of all the commandments, right, right, is that you shall have no other gods besides me. And furthermore, in Jeremiah, where God begins to say, you know, says the gods of all the other nations, there are no gods at all. Having eyes, they cannot see. Ears, they cannot hear. Mouth, they cannot speak. He says they are the work and imagination of men's, men's hands. Right. Right. So what is God saying to, you know, to us when he talks about jealousy? Right. It, 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 he spe he's not speaking about jealousy in the same way you or I understand jealousy right. as like, you know, because how do we typically understand jealousy? It's like, oh, um, you know, mostly it's, it's within like a, a relationship kind of, a, you know, a setting. Right? right. Where it's like, oh, I'm jealous of or are or, or we we were jealous of what somebody else has. Right, that triggers even blindness, uh, you know, exactly. blindness of maybe in anger, and in carries, anger, yeah. carries with it all these ex other Extra baggage. Extra, right. 
Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, in, in keeping with what I've said about, you know, sticking to strictly what is revealed about, you know, what God reveals to us versus us trying to, re, you, know, uh, uh, you know, map out God in our mind, we, we, we should ask ourselves, well, is the, the, the revelation of God being a jealous God, his name jealous, the same um, as how we understand man, you know, man's jealousy? Right. right. Are the two natures of jealousy the same? Do we see, you know, uh, uh, God expressing jealous, jealousness or, or his jealousy the in way the same way as man would express his jealousy? That's a good place to start. That's the question. Okay. And so, you know, what, you know when, I, when I look at scripture, and so how do we, how do we evaluate that? Right. We, we look at, you know, God's acts in scripture. Um, you know, when he talks about things like, oh, they provoke me to jealousy by their actions, right? When, we, when, when man practices jealousy, why are we jealous, right? I know when I, when I felt feelings of jealousy, right. it's because I felt that, you know, this other thing was better than what I have, mm. or, or it's better than me, or it's in a, it's in a more uh, uh, privileged pride. position. Mm. Exactly, right? Mm. Exactly. It triggers pride in me. Like, man, I want to be like that. That's what yeah. I want. Why don't I have that? Yeah. Why, you know, um, how come this other person gets that? But that's not really, when you look at scripture, the jealousy that God has, right? right? God's jealousy, when we look at scripture, is of, is of people uh, choosing the good, excuse me, uh, rejecting the good and choosing the evil, mm. right? And he says, I'm jealous for my people Israel. Mm. Right? It's not, it's, 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 he's jealous because he wants them to see that he is better, right? Whereas in man's view, we are looking at that thing as objectively better, right? right? If you know you're better, you're not jealous for, you know, that you're better. You, if you know what I mean, I hope right. I'm doing a good job of, of expressing this, right? Mm. But like, if you, are, if you are fully convinced that, you know, let, you know maybe, maybe you're pursuing a woman or whatever, um, and you, you know, you are, you are, uh, you know that maybe you, you or, you know, whatever, right? You, you, you're the better option. You know, all of us think we're the, the best option, mm -hmm. but whatever, right? Let's just work with that analogy. You think you're the better option, right? The, in that sense, if, if, if we're to use the word jealousy, it seems more like you're, you're, you're saddened that, that she didn't pick you. Pick you, right. Right? But if you always know something I want to call our attention, and that is, we, we see that, right? Where, you know, God is like, oh, man, I'm jealous of my people Israel, right? Because, you know, it, uh, the, one of the scriptures I really love, right? It says, it says you know, my people have, have, have committed, um, you know, two, two evil, sins, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Two great sins, right? And this kind of ties in, right? You know, and, and, and one of the ones it says, it says they have hewn up for themselves mm. cisterns, that right? That, no that can hold no water. That's, 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 if we're looking to understand, you know, the jealousy and the jealous nature of God, right. God is, it's almost like, it's like a pity thing. It's like, wow, you know, they, but you would always see that God will always say, you know, that he's going to, you know, uh, uh, reconcile with his people again. Right. Right. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the life of Hosea, the revelation of God, you know, uh, through that we, you know, we have through uh, his, his word to Hosea shows us exactly how God deals with his jealousy. Mm -hmm. Right. In that Hosea, you know, God tells him, go back to that woman. Right. Right. That that has, you know, uh, cheated on you multiple times. Right. Go back and take her. And that's that is the, the nature of God. And so it is, you know, it's part of. And that's the thing, right? When you, when, when we, you and I think about jealousy, it, it's almost like it stops the show, right? For us, like, oh well, God is jealous. Well, that must mean, you know, this is this is how can he really be a God if, exactly. if he's jealous? But but let's think about something. This is the other point. I'll, I'll I, you know I'll end on because I also want to hear your thoughts. Hallelujah! This episode is titled "God and Man." We are trying to address some of the proclamations God has made about himself that many have difficulty reconciling, such as Exodus 34.14, where God declares his name as jealous, which we address here, and Isaiah 45 verse 7, which we will address in another episode. 
We're also addressing the conundrum of God being both knowable and incomprehensible at the same time, which you can find in Psalm 145 verse 3. We will have other parts to this particular episode because there's still much ground to cover. In the meantime, remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Kindling Podcast. Now, back to the discussion. But let's think about something. Can God truly love? Right? One of the signal attributes of God is, is loving, is, is that he's loving. Right. Can God truly love and not feel jealousy? Hmm. Because if, if, if you loved, you know, again, let's, just, let's go back to the kind of romantic example. If you love somebody and, they, you know, that unrequited love, and they chose somebody else. Right. If you truly love them, it's impossible not to feel jealousy. Right. Right? But if you're apathetic, if you're ambivalent, and you know, you, either way, you know, she, she comes, she goes, you could care less. Is that love? Mm. And so, you know, why? So, I, you know, I, I therefore would, even, would ask, you know, number one, so the, the two points I'm making here is does God express his jealousy in the same way man expresses his jealousy? But even more important, the second point is, I don't see, exactly, I don't see how you can divorce love from jealousy. Jealousy is a byproduct of being a loving, of being capable of love, of expressing love. Right. No, (laughs) you know what thing I appreciate that you've done is that this this breakdown, this unpacking, I don't think it's meant to be easy. Nope. Right? It's, a, it's difficult to truly articulate, which is yep. what will happen when, you know, there's a very, there's a, there's a complex idea or understanding. It is very, it's a, it becomes difficult to truly use language to... to, to, to exactly, to really even, unpack it. Right. And even when you, you've, you've attempted to add it and you've done it, I still, feel, that I still feel it's that it's inadequate. It, it, it's right? inadequate. And, and, right. and that's what I mean. That's what I meant at the beginning. Right. We have to learn to live exactly. with that feeling because I feel that's where, you know, like the Marcionites, or, you know, Marcion and all the other, you know, the Gnostics, I feel right. like that's where they, 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 they miss it is that they feel that they must be able to have the full adequate knowledge explanation and knowledge. Right. Exactly. And right. notice that's what, that's why Irenaeus, right? The church mm. father had to write his book against heresies which was directed mm, against the Marcionites and against, um, uh, uh, you know, the Gnostics. Right. Because, you know, and, and ultimately, look at where, you know, the Marcionites, ultimately, their, their claim ended up being salvation by secret knowledge that we possess. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and that's what... That's, that's what Gnostic belief. That, yeah. yeah, Gnosis, that's right? Gnostic so belief. knowledge, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Salvation. So they, they eventually so deviated from salvation by faith to become salvation by knowledge, by Gnosis, mm. right? And that's what happens. When you feel... And you say, no, I have to have the adequate answer. I have to be able to explain all, all the qualities and the nature of God, right? right? The, the, tr- you know, the, the, the point I'm making, that we're making, is that, no, the Christian has to uh, uh, understand that you will always have that feeling of inadequacy when describing, when even attempting to talk about God. The, the language it won't suffice, and our, the, the, the revelation that we have right. is limited, and that right. is okay. Right, and... and <laughs> You know, it's, it's, this is why I'm glad for this type of dialogue because um, when we're, you know, in speaking about the nature of God, part of what makes this whole thing enjoyable is the fact that there's room to discover things. Because I, I, I often wonder if we've discovered everything, if there was ever a world we've discovered anything, then what is the point of living? Right. You know, what, what, is, the, what, is, the, you know, what is the next thing? And that's what God himself is, is that he will reveal himself biblically, just, you know, just, to down, just to dial it down a bit. Abraham was a friend of God. God called him his friend. God spoke to him. They had an interaction of sorts, right? But even as, as God calls him his friend, Abraham didn't fully know who God was, mm-hmm. right? He, he knew God to a certain extent, even to the point that you know, if he, if he had offered his son as a sacrifice, he knew to the extent that God had the ability to revive him again, right? Yep. And, that, and God revealed himself in a certain way to him. But then God reveals himself to Moses in a different type of way. Yep. Of course, there are certain type of similarities, right? You know, God remains the merciful, the God. But 
He even says to Moses in one instance that, you know, even my name, I never yep, actually I never shared Abraham. with your patriarchs. Exactly. exactly, Abraham, the patriarchs, right? So, so if, we, you know, if, if we could go back in time and ask Abraham, hey, this God that is, you know, that you say you're yeah, following. Yeah, what's his name? What's his name? He right. would say, well, actually, I, I didn't know. Exactly, right? and they're friends. Exactly. And, they're and, friends. God, and, exactly. and God says, that's my friend. Exactly. See, but to us, and, and, I'm, and I'm just, I'm, I'm making that a point because your first point that you said is the way we define jealousy the same way is that is that the same definition when we're talking about God? Well, it couldn't be because just about anything that we can define for ourselves, I don't think in the place of God, it's actually the same, right? What, we, what, what I think we have is a low resolution. And so if God can call um, Abraham his friend and not even share his name with him, you know, in our, own, in our own world, we would say, I don't think that's a real friendship. That's Correct. the way we would define it. Yep. But to God, that's, that's, that's sufficient. That, I means, that right. means God's definition of friend. Right. That's my friend. Mm -hmm. and, and we read the stories and we can understand that. But if I don't know a person's name, I'm very hard-pressed. <laughs> you know, if I even told anybody about that. Yeah, I've got a friend. What's yeah, his name? What's his name? Well, you well know, I, I actually don't know. don't know. Right. It's funny. Oh, right? man, I, say, I say you've fallen victim to a scam. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. So, again, it's just to buttress that point that certainly where God is concerned, um, the, the things things are understood perhaps in a higher way mm. than we have the ability to fully understand and that in itself is for a reason is for a purpose because man i believe man has to be in a place of reverence and reverence in the sense is that a place where he must continue to continually seek god to know more about him because you know i think that i think that works. That, that's, the, that's the relationship God, or the system that God has built. And it's not, it's not meant to be, um, it's not meant to be, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. It's not meant to be like, oh man, uh, uh, you know, what, how can I put this? I'm trying to look for the perfect terminology. It's not, it's not meant to be a negative thing that I can't, yeah. figure, I can't figure God out. In yep. fact, it should, be, it should be part and parcel of the greatness and the oh, wonder and the awe that he is. Right? You know, this is something that we even, sorry to, but just to digress a little bit, this is something that we even, uh, even in the, in, in the field of mathematics, this is something mm. that we know to be true. Mm. Um, uh, the, the Austrian um, uh, uh, mathematician, Kurt Godel, Okay. funny enough, maybe God has a, you know, at least in the English language, might, might have a, a sense of humor because, you know, Godel, G-O-D-E-L, God L. <laughs> Right? Yes. Yeah, seriously, look him up. Uh, Kurt okay. Godel was an Austrian mathematician, right? And, you know, God and El. El is a Canaanite word, right? For God, El Shaddai, yeah, yeah, for El, yeah, you know. Anyway, but what is Kurt Godel famous for? He, he's famous for his in, the incompleteness theorem that mm. we know to be true. And when, when this came out, it appended mathematics. Mm. And it's, it, it's a branch of philosophical mathematics. I mean, it appended mathematics. And, and if effectively, the incompleteness theorem states that, that there's no consistent, and I'm, I'm kind of just reading here, right? right. Um, and then we can kind of tease it apart a little bit and see how we, how we translate, right? It says, you know, that there's no consistent system of axioms whose mm -hmm. theorems can be listed by an effective procedure. For example, and I'm kind of paraphrasing Wikipedia here, right? Is capable of proving all truths about the arithmetic of natural numbers. As for any such consistent formal system, there will always be systems about natural numbers that are true, but that are unprovable within the system. Within the system, right? It says the second incompleteness theorem is an extension of the first, shows that the system cannot demonstrate its own consistency. This is something, what do we mean, right? When, Within, you know, algebra might be a, a, is a subset of what we call mathematics. Mm -hmm. You cannot prove the, the, all of mathematics from algebra. Right. There will right. All, because why? It's a subset. Man is living in a subset of God's universe. So you should, you should this has not stopped us, you know, to your point, from continuing to further and further and further understand math and enjoy it and make strides. And, and, and being in awe of, all the, of, all the, of understanding the universe in a mathematical way, while even knowing, knowing for a fact, right, right yeah. that our knowledge will always be incomplete. And, what we, and the things that we've learned and, and that, that allow us to understand the universe and explain things and, and, and it allows us to land on the moon and maybe go to Mars and do right. all kinds of things, 
we know we can't fully within what we know we, it's not a consistent to you know it's it, the, all our system of knowledge that system that we operate in cannot demonstrate its own consistency yet it hasn't stopped us from from being in awe and and, and just learning more and and growing and growing right and so this is the same and so you know when i was kind of thinking on this and just kind of you know remind remind uh, remi remembering godel and all that stuff uh you know it was it was People have used this as a, as a way to help you know, other, under, you know, explain when we talk about God. Is that, you know, so for example, you know, to extrapolate on what Godel was saying, we could say God exists, right, within the universe. But there's not enough information within the universe to prove that because we just don't have it. And that, inc that incompleteness is something that we, we, we live with, right, yes. even, you know, in the field of mathematics and in science. But in, for some reason, and this is the point I'm coming to, for some reason, we feel that in, as it relates to God, you know, who, you know, if he is God, right, gave us the ability to do science and math mm -hmm. and all the other things, we right. feel like, no, 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 it doesn't apply. We must have the, we must be able to adequately explain everything about God. Right. I think a, a close biblical um, reference to that would be the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Exactly. We can't prove we can't prove God in the sense that oh look there he is exactly. and then you, you see oh okay that's God but just like we can't fully prove a lot of these uh, mathematical tools but we also we also cannot deny their utility exactly right? because we see exactly. their power and their we utility. We see their power exactly. I mean it's this math that allows us to see you know hey we're gonna put this satellite there and and be able and to it do works it. yeah exactly so right. we know it works right. but can we prove everything about the math yeah that's what Godel showed you will never be able to right so that, that you know that that's absolutely true it's almost close also to it's it's akin a little bit and, and the interesting thing is that you find you find um you find semblances of these types of of reasoning even in many areas, even in philosophy, right? Almost like pl the Platonic idea of the world of forms also, even in geometry. The truth is no one has ever seen a, a, a square or any of these types of shapes, right? The truth is that they're actually in, in, in co they're, they're, they're conceptualized in the mind, but nevertheless, we cannot, we cannot, we, we cannot, um, what's the word, deny the utility of, of, of what we've been able to achieve with all exactly. of these geometrical calculations. But yep. it, it speaks to, the, to their existence on some level, but not a level we fully understand. We fully understand, right. exactly. So exactly. we can say a square exists in two-dimensional in, in two space, but we've never been to, two, to a two-dimensional exactly. space. Exactly, we, we are not two, exactly. We as human beings are three-dimensional. Right. But, but we know that, yes, a square is two-dimensional. A point is one-dimensional. Exactly. Right? Because exactly, that, that's a great analogy. Because and, and number one, we are even of a higher order. Being of three dimensional, we can conceive of two dimensions. We can conceive of lower orders. Right. Right. Objects and ideas that are of lower order. Mm. But unless we are saying we are the highest order, which we right. know not to be true. Right. Right. We know that there is more beyond. There's a there's a fourth, fifth, more dimensions than than three dimensions. Then we we, we know that no, you know right. we will not be able to fully conceive. Of you know of everything that that is truth about the universe, reality, and, and about God, except we have revelation. Mm. Unless that God says truth says this is something you need to know about me, tells us it's the same way, right? You know we can surmise about aliens, but we will never really know until one of them presents himself to us and reveals something about himself. Right or, or itself to us, exactly. you know that that's. But for some reason, and I think this is the, this is the you know we're, we're talking about the nature you know the nature of God and man and why you know you know uh, where did where did uh, kind of the ideas you know that that the Marcion that Marcion and, and his followers and other kind of groups where did those ideas come from? I, you know, again, it comes from this I, I think misguided um, belief that you have to be able to fully understand God and mm. like there's got to be this like consistency right. about God but you know again that that, that could you know to consistency based on what we, we you know we just use the example of friendship right right God says Abraham is a friend but Abraham didn't know his name for some for whatever reason God chose not to reveal his name mm -hmm. to Abraham but before and this was someone he walked with 
for a long time. Right. But before he even began his walk with Moses, the first thing he does is he reveals his name to Moses. Right. There's exactly. no consistency there. Right. Right. And, and there's no, there's no indica- indication even in text that God even called Moses his friend. His not friend. That I'm not, not, that were, not that they were enemies, but, sure. you know, but just to, just to you know, further prove the point that you know, <laughs> God, God's ways, I guess as the Bible says, is not our ways. Exactly. Understanding God is going to require us to first understand that this is beyond our own capacity. And that's why, again, when we, when we go back to when we began this conversation, is why we said the limitations of our, of, of our knowledge is what we see in the similarities of the different civilizations whenever they put you know, their thoughts together and they weave their stories together. It almost seemed that we arrived at the same conclusions where gods were concerned. But exactly. It, and, but... Right, and we could never conceive of anything higher, which is what you you know what you've laid out. We could never conceive of anything higher. That was that was the best we can do until that higher thing decided to reveal himself to us. And when he did reveal himself to us, it's also with the express purpose of knowing as well that we cannot fully grasp it either. Right? I think there's a part where Jesus says, you know. I tell you of earthly things that you, yep. can, ver- you can you can you can you don't barely even believe. Uh, yeah. believe or even understand that how much more if I speak of, of heavenly things yep. at the risk of, of being too philosophical even in this in this like because I think we we, we we treaded on many domains here but yeah, it's also I know, to, mathematics yeah right. but again how can you talk about God and not talk Without, about those things of course right of course. you know we, we tend to try to box God into uh, religious but he's right. not just God of religion he's God right. of of math, science, of everything. Of all knowledge. Of, uni- of all knowledge, right? Of, right. Of, of, of all creation, right? Down yeah. to the molecular level. Mm. That's the yeah. claim of Christianity anyway, right? Exactly. So, exactly. You know, so then in all these domains, you should be able to, uh, to explore, you know, see God and, and explore God, God mm-hmm. in them. At least right. That's my belief. Right. I mean, even when you look at God's conversation with Job, which I know that's a topic we're, pro- we're still going to treat, you, you would see how when God responds to him, you know, he comes from, he comes from different angles, mm. right? It comes, from a, it comes from, one of the things that intrigues me about God's language is that, you know, he's, he's, he's speaking to Job from a place where it, it's almost asking that, Job, did you, ne- did you never ever think of, of these things? Almost as exactly. if like, he wants you to also you know, think on these things. In the, yeah. Right, yeah. like, how, how did Leviathan, in the place where he talks about Leviathan, when he talks about all of these different elements the, the, that he experiences every yeah. single why does it day? Seem, why does it seem like the sea has an, indeed have an invisible barrier? Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, you go to the beach, why doesn't the water just keep coming? Right. You know, things like that, yeah. Exactly. That, so I think that indicates to us that he, 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 he wants us to sort of expand our minds but, Andy, but even as, as much as he wants that, he also understands the limitations okay. that we have. Okay. And that's where he steps in and reveals himself. So I think that's good. Um, I knew we won't be able to touch, you know, the man part of this conversation. Because even to be honest, we can keep on going, you know, with even just talking about the Bible and as, you know, as God reveals himself. But I would like us to touch at least maybe on one other aspect and then we can close out this episode. And I, I know there's going to be a part two for this one and we can pick up later um so which is the 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 moral part of this like the morality aspect of this um which is which i I think we we sort of you know skated by a little bit but because we had to really dissect it even more in a in a a philosophical way but and, and also theologically too as well but in a in a in a you know when we're talking about morality in the sense that there's also those and this is more external not that it, it isn't internal too but mostly external which you find in those questions well if god is all good why is this kid sick and he does nothing about it you right know, why is, right exactly if you problem of evil right yeah. so it's it's you know if god is 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 great as you say that he is or he's very merciful as he says or as you say why would he order you know, Saul to kill all the, the Amalekites, including their children. Why would he butcher and, and, and things like that? So I, I, I kind of want us to, to, to unpack that area a little bit because I, I found that that area tends to be challenging 
even for you know uh, uh, people who who yeah, seasoned Christians, the, right? Seasoned mm-hmm. Christians, and even those that follow the apologi- apologetic um, ministry, line, or, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's those questions are going to come up, right? Because there's a certain way those who are outside of the Christian domain they're trying to know God, and there's certain things that I guess just like you have pop science, you have pop Christianity, right? Unless you decide to open scripture to fully understand what is the Bible telling me about God? How is God revealing himself? Because when we understand that, I believe then we can start to answer these questions of morality. But it becomes increasingly difficult. And one of the issues that one of the reasons it it becomes difficult for us is because man's tendency to still not to, to bring God under the same laws he's subjected to. Right? So if if man is, is, is subjected to thou shalt not kill. Some, if God takes the children of Job, for instance, we think that God is also under that law. And if God does kill, God has violated, right? So, but that is not the picture of God that the Bible gives us. There's a sovereignty God gives us about God. But I want us to talk about, to try as much as possible to, to, to anchor it to the morality landscape. And what does, what, does, what does the Bible reveal to us about God as far as morality? So, I, you, know, I, you know, I always say that before we can even talk about morality, we have to talk about truth, mm. right? Um, and, and also, if we're going to talk about morality, we also have to talk about justice. Mm. Because, number one, right, there can be no morality without without justice, right? And, 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 you know, without, and there can be no morality without truth. Mm-hmm. Because the immediate question that should come to anybody's mind is, well, whose morality? Who gets to decide? Right? When we talk about morality, you know, that, that should be the first, like, that's the first question that comes to my mind. Well, whose morality? Who gets to decide what is moral, what is good, and what is not good? Right. And, you know, and, and, and similarly, even if we did have, let's say we did, you know, there, we, okay, we, we have this uh, definition of what is good and what is not good. Well, who gets to enforce that? Right. Right? Justice. Because if there is no justice, right, then what good is morality? And, and it, actually, if there is no justice, does morality exist? Exist, right? Right. If 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 I could steal, let's say let's say I stole, right? I could go to the store and take whatever I wanted without paying. Then, and there was never going to be any consequence for doing that. Well, then have I actually done anything wrong? Hmm. If, you know, it's like well, and you know, songs say yeah, yeah, because we you know we've said don't take what you know um what you didn't pay for let's say that's that's the system of that's the that's the rule that's the right. moral rule and we say okay and then i'm like okay well but what if i do it's like well nothing happened so why why have the rule then what's the rule for right there are no consequences yeah it's meaningless it's just a meaningless statement it's a right so you're so you say don't take what you haven't paid for but there's nothing but there's no negative consequence if i do okay and what okay what if i what if i i do honor the system and i pay is there any consequence no so whether i do i don't doesn't matter Mm. and so that you know morality begins with for us talk about morality it ties back again to the nature of god right yeah is that god is the arbiter and the the claim of christianity and i'm pretty much you know this one pretty much all all, i would say most religions anyway um god is the arbiter of of morality right because god is truth right that is the claim of christianity that god is truth he's the arbiter of of morality of what is right and wrong and that's the point that is contentious Mm. right that is what we humans contend against is this i is is that is what separates you know uh, at least focusing on christianity that's what separates christianity from you know from an atheist a non-believer right is 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 god is, is number one well what is the agreed upon morality right because everybody i mean in order for you to believe you know that there is morality you have to believe that there is truth objective truth 
Because if there is no objective truth, then it, it, it seems to me there is no uh, sure foundation for morals. Right. It seems to me that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's down to somebody's whim, let's just say that, somebody's whim. Well, typically in human society, who gets to be the somebody? It's typically mm -hmm. people with money, people with influence, people with power, mm -hmm. exactly. Which in any case, so, which ultimately means your system of morality is flawed, right. right? Truth, therefore, is flawed. And we know this to be the case. You only but need to look at any, any system of man mm -hmm. where, you know, it's rules for thee, but not for me, mm. you know, because I have money, right. right? Or I have power. And, you know, thou shalt not, but it's okay if I do. Right. And, you know, we, we built up morality based on race, based on gender, whatever, ethnicity, all kinds of different structure. And so if, if, that, is, if that is the arbiter of morality, then it seems to me that already we're off to a bad foot. Mm. We're, off to, you know, we're, we're off to the races on the, you know, on the wrong foot, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about morality, at least from a, a Judeo-Christian perspective, morality is anchored on the fact that God is true. He is the decider, the arbiter of, of right and wrong. That is, he inherently is, you know, determines what is right and wrong. And as a result, he too is the one that is qualified to mete out justice, right. to dispense with justice. Because again, when you look at, and, and now we're kind of touching into, you know, what, we, what, what, what scripture reveals about man. When you look at man's way, if man, you know, and so if, if somebody says, well, I don't accept that God or the Judeo-Christian God is the arbiter of morality or truth, well, you, you, by, by participating in this society, by, by you know, living as you do, you, you de facto um, acquiesce, at, le at the very least, to that man is the decider of morality, mm. right? Well, then, you know, when you look at all the injustices in, the in our system, in man's system, right. when you look at all, you know, the, 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 the uneven uh, weights, you know, to, to be biblical for a moment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in our justice system, and you, and you know that it definitely isn't blind, um, then for me, how can you really even participate in it? That, can you really then even, you know, challenge the morality of, of, of God? If we right. say, okay, well, you know, I guess, you know, man is the, is the, is the one who gets to decide what moral, you know, what, what is true morality and, and just, and what justice looks like. We know inherently that man's morals are flawed and man's justice system is flawed. Because why? Man is flawed. Right. But if God is not flawed, right, if God is perfect, without flaw, then his morality must be without flaw and his justice must be without flaw. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> as we said earlier, you know, it, these are the kind of conversations that that they, they they are difficult for a reason, you know, to articulate, and also can be challenging to understand. But nevertheless, this is what Scripture reveals to us. Because I, I have a sense that sometimes, you know, in the external world, when when we when we start when we start making these types of um, when you know uh, we still, or we're creating claims this explanation of claims, yeah. it almost seems like you're special pleading, right? Like right, you're, you're right. special pleading for God, but. This is what I found, which, which is very akin to everything you've said. But I found that it has always been consistent in Scripture. It isn't like, it isn't like you know, the world challenges us on maybe a moral, a moral issue and they bring, God, they bring God in chains to the courthouse where he needs to answer for his crimes. And then we are sitting there making a case for God each time. Like we're trying to, we're trying, well, you know, we're trying to, what's the word? We're trying to um, change things each time to fit, to fit the idea of God or to try, exactly. to, try to make God palatable. Palatable, to them, exactly. Right? Yep. But it's the fact that God has always been consistent. You find the consistency of who he is in scripture. And the reason I say that is when you read scripture, neither of us can deny, right, that there are passages that we read that, shakes us to our core oh yeah right right when god just a good example would be um it's probably a lesser known one is it the sin of onan right right onanism of, yeah right onanism right and, and what is this case in in scripture is that 
he his, his brother's brother, wife. Yeah. His brother's wife. His brother dies. His yep. brother had married, but his, his his brother passed away. I think God took him too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he needed to step up, right? And right. the children that he would have with his brother's widow would be children raised onto the name. They would bear Correct. his brother's name. His brother's right? name. They would, yep. They would continue his the brother's line. line, right? Not his. So he has intercourse with his brother's widow. But then, rather than lay seed, in yeah, her, he wants to. He doesn't want to buy the cow as the saying would go, right? But exactly. he wants to milk for free, right? Correct, yeah. And the Lord slays him according to that scripture instantly, for his error, right? Instantly, he's dealt yeah. with, yep. right? And one, and then when we look at if we if we're looking at that, like you know today's um, perspective through today's lens, yeah, we'll see. Like, what he did was, wasn't that what bad. He did, was Come it on. that bad that he yeah. needed to be the punishment slain? fit the crime? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right. And then you know it bit it might get to a place where we start committing what Marcion does. Ooh, that, yeah, that, I agree. That doesn't sound right. Let, let's let's uh, exactly let's, let's see if we can re- page. exactly let's and see that. if we can yeah if we can make it palatable exactly right. and and I think that's that's part of the error if you know when we begin to go down that rabbit hole because right. again what are we doing there? We're saying this is a a, a a revelation of God that I don't like. Right. This is a revelation of God that isn't appe- you know it doesn't appeal appease my you know, my, uh, my proclivities, right? right. It doesn't, uh, you know, this, this is a ever, revelation. Our ever-changing exactly. uh, definitions, Whims, of, definitions what, of, of what, what right and truth is, exactly. And so, I mean, and so then as we, cons- but what, what are we doing when we do that? What is the God that we're defining? Mm. Interestingly, that God starts to look more and more like ourselves. Like us. That God, mm. that God starts to only agree with the things we agree with. Right. Do, do the things we think should be done. Exactly. Or, or and not, and not do the things we think should not be done. And right. therefore, that God is us. Exactly. That God thinks like us, yeah. acts like us. And what, what does that mean? That, you know, that, that God is us. We have mm. become God. It seems like we, we still, we always end up, we always end up at that, at that spot, you know, where, where man is creating his own God. His no own matter, God. No matter yep. where we are, we're, we're treating the topic for, from, whether it's on a philosophical plane or a exactly. moral landscape, we still end up at that danger, that ever-looming danger of man wanting to create a God that looks very much like he does. And, and, and that was the point, is that God in himself recording these things and having these things put to record is never saying, oh man, they, they, might, they might think I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> let me let me no, let me like, sanitize it a little bit. Yeah, right, right. You know, but he puts the information there because he wants us to know. I like something C.S. Lewis says. Um, I think it's in Mere Christianity, which I always recommend. I think every Christian must read Mere Christianity. Like I'm reading it again for the third time. Like it's 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 um, a great book. Um, he says something about yeah, if God is good, we must also realize that him being good also means that he's either the great safety or the great danger, right? Mm. That he just, I think our idea of what good is, is, is oh, he never, he never gets angry, always supports me what I want, and yeah. which is what we actually see. We see embers of that, even in, in Christianity, within the fold, where God yeah. is treated that way, yep. where, you know, uh, God exists to give me the things I want. I, I call right? it Santa Claus God, you know, the, right. yeah, the Father, Father Christmas, Christmas figure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what tends to happen. It's, again, man creating God in, exactly. in, in his own in image. In his image. Right. So, you know, I think, I think this is a good place to probably, uh, you know, to, to hop, off the, hop off the train. But it is, there's still a lot because I would like us to continue this. I already had a, a suspicion that <laughs> this was going to be a really intense one because I want us to go also deeply into what the Bible says about us as man. Um, because I think one of the things we wrestle with, even in today's, you know, um, postmodern way of thinking, is that I mean, you even hear philosophies that we man is inherently good, that there is good in us. But what does the Bible say about us? You know, um, that that makes us get to a point where we need Jesus. Because I believe that until we man man, we don't recognize the need for let's say, healing or the antidote until we truly realize that there's a problem. And yep. I think if there's even ever a time that truly brings that, you know, forefront is, is these COVID times that we're in, where some people don't want to take the vaccine and so, some are advocating for it, some are against it. You know, 
we might get to some people believe there's really nothing that wrong. There's really nothing that bad. So I don't really need to, to, to take the vaccine, just as an example, mm-hmm. right? Um, until I think man, the Bible teaches us something about ourselves as, as man until we fully understand what, what that is or these things that the Bible or scripture teaches us about ourselves. We can never fully understand or even for that matter, appreciate the reason Christ had to come, mm. right? Why Christ, Christ had to die. The reason why God had to, as, as in biblical terms, right, his right hand bring forth salvation and be punished mm. for our own sins. Until that happens, you know, and I guess that's why that song, you know, Amazing Grace, it says that saved a wretch like me, right? Until a person understands the state that they are in without Jesus, can we truly understand the need for Christ? So I would, maybe in, in part two, actually not maybe, but definitely in part two, might kick off the conversation um, from there. Uh, is there any last, uh, do you have any last uh, words you want to you wanna add before we close out? No, I think we've, uh, I think this is a good place to park the bus. Um, okay. Yeah, we can, we can continue next time. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode.